The Dugout CEO Podcast is on the air. I'm Phil Van Horn, baseball lifer and fan of the Dugout CEO. Each week, Casey Cavell goes around the horn with baseball superstars, Hall of Fame coaches, and business leaders who've used baseball experience to win the game of life. Now batting, Casey Cavell. Nation, welcome to the Dugout CEO podcast. Today, I am joined by Rocky Collis, who is a former MILB player turned attorney turned entrepreneur, co-founder and CEO of Mustard, which is democratizing the world's best coaching through proprietary AI CV mobile applications and live and recorded instructional content with the world's greatest athlete and coaches. And today we're going to talk a lot about his business and his business partner, Tom Hels. Tom, he was the pitching coach for Nolan Ryan, the quarterback advisor to Tom Brady, two of the greatest athletes ever to play. And Rocky is going to share more about how his company gets the same level of training to all athletes that Nolan Ryan got and Tom Brady got through their platform because their goal is keeping kids playing sports longer than they normally would. Rocky, welcome to the Dugout CEO. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. All right. So we're going to talk about the concept here or the condiment of mustard. But Mm. first, mustard. What was it about mustard? I know it's kind of like a baseball term, a a sports term. It's obviously the name of your company, which we're going to talk about. But how did you come up with the name mustard? I think everybody was just a little hungry when we came up with the name and just came. Now, you know, we went through a long process. We had a a number of co-founders that are former athletes. And at first, we kind of thought we were marketing geniuses and we all tried to come up with a name ourselves and we had a bunch of names that um we shared them with friends and family and everybody just thought they weren't very good and so eventually as we raised a little bit of money we we hired a a, a great marketing agency to help us come up with some consumer facing names we had a long list and um mustard just always kind of stuck out to us for one thing i was shocked that in the sports industry we could get all the trademarks for for mustard i thought that was cool we started doing little focus groups with kids. Our company is about helping kids play sports longer. And so we wanted something that was catchy for our target market. And kids were attracted to mustard. I think there's something like playful about it. You can do a lot of fun things with logos and mascots and stuff like that. And kids knew the phrases like cut the mustard or put some extra mustard on it. Um, and they applied across sports. And even at launch, we, we knew we wanted to be a company in multiple sports. So uh, mustard checked a lot of boxes for us. We got down to two names and it turned out that the, the second name we were thinking of was like a horrible swear word in England. So we, we, we cut that one out and uh, mustard was a winner. That's awesome. Well, it's cool kind of you having some thoughts and ideas and bringing in other smart people to kind of do their thing. And it's kind of like sports, right? You all have your position, you know what you're good at. And some people are great branding. Some people are great at sales or marketing or operations. And you guys have built something really special. And I want to talk about your guys' business because, you know, it is all about, you said, helping kids play sports longer than they normally would. Why was that a passion of yours? And maybe before we get into your niche of your business, let's talk about your journey as a you know professional athlete. Then you were an attorney turned entrepreneur. So maybe that's how we can lead into what got you to this point of being the founder of, of Muster. So let's talk about your playing and entrepreneurial journey first. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, uh, my playing journey is a shorter story than I would have liked, but I guess that's that's part of the impetus for creating Mustard. Um, you know, baseball was my life growing up. It was, I, I really dedicated myself to it. 
couldn't have, couldn't have worked any harder at it. Loved working at it. Played in high school. I played in college at Cornell. I played a, a couple years in the minors, which was a wonderful experience. Always felt like I, as much as I worked at it, felt like there was something we didn't quite figure out. You know, like the, there was something different I could have done, not more, but something different. And so I think that always kind of stuck with me, even though I felt like um, I got to a level. I mean, I, I pitched a you know couple innings in AAA. Like I got to see the talent that was beyond me. So it wasn't like I felt like I was going to be a you know long time big leaguer or something like that. But I felt like as hard as I worked, there was still something untapped. Yeah, as you mentioned, I became a lawyer, um, which uh, I, I had some cases and some clients I, I really loved and I felt like were impactful stuff I got to work on. I was outside general counsel to the players of the U.S. women's soccer team. So getting to be supportive of, uh, you know, I think the really important and incredible equal pay work that the, the players led, um, getting to do a lot of for-profit work for them that I, I felt like was um, important and, um, and, and fun. Um, but for the most part, I, I felt like being a lawyer wasn't for me. Uh, I always kind of more wanted to be the client in a lot of the stuff I was doing. And so I sort of looked for, actively looked for the opportunity to shift my professional career to be an entrepreneur rather than a, an attorney and was lucky I got to do that initially with, with some of the players on the U.S. women's soccer team. And then I met this guy named Tom House. Um, I met him because my brother, Luke, who's one of my co-founders in Mustard, was a professional quarterback. And I used to go watch Luke train over at USC because it was super cool. He was training with all these famous guys. It was like, you know, all these famous NFL quarterbacks and major league pitchers all on the field at the same time. And then my brother, for some reason, Tom let my brother hang out. Uh, no, my brother was a great quarterback. I'm teasing him, but, um, but it was amazing getting to know Tom and just seeing his impact on professional athletes. And I think for me, seeing the way Tom worked with some athletes, it is sort of like uh, harkened back to my feeling of having something untapped. I had great, great coaches. Um, I mean, elite coaches. I just saw Tom using a scientific process with some of the top athletes that basically nobody had access to, right? This intense 3D motion analysis, algorithms that have been refined over 30, 40 years. And that's how, you know, Drew Brees and Tom Brady were getting their training programs. It was this scientific approach. Even as a college or minor league player with great coaches, you're not sniffing stuff like that, at least not when I was playing. And so that I was really attracted to something there. And, and Tom and his coaching partner, Jason Goldsmith, who's an incredible mental performance coach, they had the idea for Mustard and they kind of came to me with it when I was starting my entrepreneurial journey and just kind of, what do you think about this? Can you help? What if we could take Tom's coaching and just give it for free to every kid all over the world? What would the world look like if, if kids could get that kind of coaching early and play sports longer? What kind of impact would that have? I think when Jason put it that way to me, that was like the head exploding moment. And I knew I wanted to dedicate myself to it if they would have me. So that's uh, probably a longer answer than you wanted. But that's the that's the personal to the entrepreneurial story there. It's fascinating because you got a guy like Tom House, really well-known, brilliant, and then he has all this information, but then he's like, all right, how do I take all this and get it into the hands of people that can actually use it? And that's where you came in. So how did you and Tom form a relationship and what was his role versus your role? And then I know you work with your brother, Luke, in the business as well. Like, how did you guys create and take this thing from, all right, here's the idea. How do we make this idea a reality and build a business around it and then start distributing this information to the hands of the athletes? Yeah. So I think Jason Goldsmith was really the initial idea person. Um, he had been working with Tom for a long time. Again, he, Jason was a mental performance focused coach, still is, works on the PGA Tour, 
taken two golfers to be ranked number one in the world, uh, one of whom, Justin Rose, our main uh, golf investor and advisor. I think his initial idea was all this 3D motion analysis that Tom does, can we just do it through like a camera? You know, is there a way to do that? And at the time, you know, the first idea was probably a little over four years ago, maybe even five years ago. We didn't know if that was possible at all. Right. And so I think that was the first call with Jason was um, just him asking me, do you think this is possible? Have you, you know, seen stuff in VC world that leads you to think this might be doable? I'd gotten to know this guy. I don't think I've talked about this part publicly before, but I think it's an important part of the story. Um, I'd gotten to know this guy who's now a close friend. His name is Jacob Mullins, and he's a, he's a partner at Shasta Ventures. And um, I had just, I think he was a client of a law firm partner of mine. And I'd given them some just kind of friendly advice over the years on sports stuff they were doing. But I knew they had a camera fund. You know, they had a fund directed just towards camera technology. Um, so I just, I didn't know Jacob super well, but I called him and I, it was a, just an initial discussion. Like, do you think this technology is possible? And he said, definitely, yes. And, you know, started making some connections for us. Ends up becoming our first investor. Simultaneously took it to somebody, a close friend at Major League Baseball, similar conversation. Is this possible? And he introduced us to our first engineers that, you know, not only is this possible, but here are the guys to to build it. You mentioned kind of, you know, how do we divide things with co-founders? So we've got four co-founders. It's the two coaches, Tom and Jason, and then it's me and my brother. Um, and so I would say the, the coaches are, are, are really kind of the base of knowledge for us, the foundation we try to build everything on top of. We're about democratizing the world's best coaching. We believe strongly to do that, you have to start with the coach, not start with the technology. So we start with this foundation of what we think is the world's best coaching, and then we try to build technology that scales that person rather than the opposite path, which I think can, the opposite path starting with technology can lead to some big companies, not the company that we want to build. So so that's, coaches are the foundation. Then between me and my brother, uh, I'm CEO, he's COO. Uh, I know you're super familiar with, with EOS. Um, and we, we happen to use the EOS system, um, courtesy of one of our early investors and friends that turned us on to that. And so I'd be more in what they would call the visionary seat and Luke's more in the implementer seat. And he does a great job of that. He's, he's the quarterback, right? So yeah. he's, 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 uh, he's running the, running the team internal. Sometimes we say I'm external, he's internal, but we try to do that within the EOS system. Got it. Yeah, it's cool. It's building a business, just like building a team. All right. Who's playing first, who's playing second, short, they're different skill sets. They have different roles and responsibilities and they're held to different standards. So I think that's really cool. So with your business, you mentioned you start with the coach and not the technology. Did I get that right? And what does that mean? You start with the coach first and not the technology. So to take Tom as an example, before we built the tech, before we built what the app looks like for pitchers or for quarterbacks, try to really study and understand how Tom works with a pitcher or quarterback. What does he look for? What does he want to teach them? Rather than starting with what can we measure? What can we build that's cool from a tech standpoint. I think most, you know, this is like part of the issue we're trying to solve. Most great tech companies in sports, they build things for elite athletes, for big organizations that are going to pay a lot of money. Our interest was in doing something for potentially a a broader part of the market, but also a part of the market where there's sometimes less ability to pay, right? We're trying to do things for kids and families that may pay, but also for families that, that can't. And so I think with that mission, it's really important that you think through what would the best coach in the world do with that 10-year-old that's uploading videos to our app? And you have to start there. And so Tom has these uh, movements he looks for, positions he looks for that we call teachables. 
They're not, there's a lot of talk in the computer vision or, or motion analysis world, movements that matter. That's not enough for us. We want movements that matter and are teachable, things that you can actually change on an athlete. So an example for pitchers, um, the movement that matters maybe the most is how fast their arm moves, right? That's not something we care about, or it's not something you can just teach. You can't just tell somebody to move their arm faster, or we would all do it. Um, so we try to look for what are the mechanical movements that we know pretty quickly with some drills and exercises, we can get somebody to change and it's going to catapult their performance. So we've got to start with the coach perspective there. I wanted to say one thing you mentioned a couple of times, like as an entrepreneur, you get to kind of build this team around you. I, I think that's such an interesting point and it relates to sports. I've always thought um, entrepreneur for me is a little bit in some ways, some ways easier and um, more fulfilling than pitching because pitching, you kind of had a lack of control. You, you know, it's a similar thing where you have to trust your teammates. The guy hits a ground ball. You got to trust the shortstop to make the play. Being an entrepreneur, you get to pick the shortstop, right? So that's, so it's a little bit different. You can really like identify your own personal gaps and then pick the people that you want to fill them, which I think is one of the uh, most enjoyable parts, I guess, about, uh, about starting your own company. It's like the self-analysis being really truthful with yourself about what you're good at and what you're not, and then plugging the holes with somebody else as opposed to trying to force yourself to do something that's not natural for you. Yeah, uh, well said. And I think it's also really cool the business you've been able to build and attracting some of the talent on your board of advisors and some of your coaches that are using your program. How were you able to go about telling a compelling message to people to invest or advise or partner how did you get them really excited about this thing that you were doing and get them to the point to say, hey, I want to be involved? Yeah, you know, I, I get that question a, a good bit, obviously, because we, we, we have done really well. We've been super fortunate with um, some of the folks that have joined us. And um, I don't know that I have any uh, any magic to that other than maybe I was persistent and, uh, and annoying and people decided to <laughs> do something to get me to stop bothering. No, I think really the thing is just mission. And I just don't think like you can't um, – you can't force that or fake that. I think because we started with this thing that we wanted to really help kids and we wanted to grow the sports we care about, well, naturally, a lot of famous athletes care about the same thing. But we never would have started the company because of that, like, or, you know, do something in order to attract famous athletes that I don't think would work. Um, it, I think it has to just come from this kind of authentic mission aligned place. I think the, the folks we're working with, They've even a couple of them have even said this to me. I mean, they get so many paid opportunities. You kind of can't pay them enough to do something they don't really want to do, and you definitely can't give them enough shares to do something they don't really want to do as a as a startup company. But if it's a mission that they're already passionate about, then it's just something they want to do in their spare time, anyways, and they want to be supportive. So I think we just kind of lucked into that, I guess I would say. But but for us, it's it just all comes back to kind of living the soul of the company and staying true to that. Yeah, I think there was no luck involved. It was strategy and it was mission. And you have something that's very compelling and you have a problem that's out there. It, and how do you take this thing to the next level? How are you building this business to impact more players? Talk to us about the vision of this company over the next few years. What are you focused on now? What do you see this thing being a few years down the road? No, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, when we started it a few years ago, even the tech landscape was super different. Right? And the VC landscape was definitely super different. And so we've had to adjust to that. Over the next couple of years for us, there's going to be more sports that we're going to add 
from an app perspective. And so I think that that's step number one. We haven't shared publicly yet what the next sport is, but it, but it's a sport that we think will be a really big deal for us. And we've got some great partners uh, that we'll launch into that sport with that we're we're super excited about. I think in, in some of the sports we're already in and then in some additional um, uh, kind of youth-focused team sports, technology and just the ecosystem has changed a lot and we're really well positioned to take advantage of that. One thing that's exploded as, a, as an example is streaming of youth sports. No reason to miss a kid's game anymore, right? With technology now, I mean, maybe you can't get there, but like you can, you can, you can watch it on your computer on a, a variety of uh, different ways. Our technology is really um, unique. This we did look into. We're uniquely situated to plug into those streaming services. So our technology works from essentially any camera angle. This is something we've patented on the back end. We actually identify the camera angle that was used by a video, and then we can calculate 3D data on an athlete as a result of understanding that camera angle. So we're really, you know, long story short, we're really looking at ways that we can help coach every athlete rather than just the folks that we can get to download the app. And again, part of that is an adjustment to broader landscape. It used to be for a mobile app, you go out, you acquire customers profitably. We actually can acquire customers profitably, but the, those metrics have changed so much due to privacy laws and the way advertising works, right? Yeah. So increasingly, you don't want to create a business model that's just about paid ads, acquiring customers to download your app. The, the margins aren't what they used to be. Um, so for us, what are the partnerships? What are the ways we can use our technology to just hit everybody rather than trying to buy customers? Got it. And if I'm a 14-year-old high school freshman baseball player or I'm yeah. a parent of one, what is that thing? What is that niche that you're going to help that athlete with? Because, you know, there's obviously mindset and skill set and nutrition and all this kind of stuff that makes up a complete athlete. Do you guys hit all of those things or do you just focus on the movement side? What does that look like? What would the experience be with you all? We do hit all of them, but the core number one thing is we help you improve your mechanics, which is if you're a pitcher, I think is the example you gave, you're going to throw harder and you're going to stay healthier longer. So I think that mechanical coaching from a Tom House is something 99% of pitchers don't ever get. Now, you I mean, you can read Tom's books, right? And you can get some of it. But to actually basically get his eyeballs on you, that's what we feel is, is the next level to really understand what your movement pattern looks like, where, where your biggest opportunities for mechanical improvement are. That'd be our core number one thing. We host weekly classes with Tom and weekly classes with Jason Goldsmith, where we go into all the other things you talked about, you know, nutrition, functional strength, other injury prevention stuff. Jason's doing a weekly mental performance class, taking athletes through meditation techniques, other things that sort of promote mental, mental health and mental performance. But I would say pretty much across the board, our core hook, the core first thing people come to us for, mechanical improvement. I like it because there's so many gurus out there. They feel like they're all over Twitter on every corner and every parking lot, and they all have something to sell. And it almost feels like the world in general. It tries to confuse you and complicate things because if you're confused or things aren't simple to understand, it almost makes you want to be like, all right, well, I don't understand this. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I think what you did, I mean, Tom's written multiple books, thousands of pages of content out there about pitching and mechanics and all sports. You guys are simplifying it so you can actually apply it. And I think 
that's a good case study in any business. How do you simplify rather than complicate? Because simple scales, and I think you guys have done a, a fantastic job of that, and it's actually applicable. So would you agree with that concept and that logic of how you guys have been able to make something maybe complicated uh, a little bit more simple and applicable? I think it's a great framework. I would say um, top, of, top of head reaction, I would say simple and personalized would be a good mantra. And that probably applies across a bunch of verticals and a bunch of different companies. The simple part for us comes from Tom. Okay, we don't have to do that just to give credit where credit's due. Like when you when you see Tom work with an athlete in person, his genius is obvious, right? Like and his magnetism is obvious. It's it's um, there won't be another Tom House. He just he just you can see why he's been so successful. And just, by the way, just for people who don't know a ton about him, he, he's definitely the most successful personal sports coach of all time. Okay. The big, a big statement, but Nolan Ryan's pitching coach back in the day really invents modern pitching mechanics with, with Nolan. And then, you know, 40 years later, he's, he's uh, Tom Brady's quarterback coach. So you think about somebody who's coaching the best athletes in their sport, in their mechanics and in different sports. And then you imagine all the people in between Nolan and Tom, Drew Brees, you know, a huge part of Tom House's story, kind of helping him transition out of just being a baseball coach. But He's working with golfers, tennis players, volleyball players, basically anything rotational. Tom is this guru. I think universally people that go to him, they feel like he makes an immediate impact. It's not it's not coaching that takes three or six months to show some effect on you. He gives you something on day one that will help you. And it's, that's because of exactly what you're talking about. I think it takes people a while to see it. But he is naturally looking at a really complicated motion. There's a million things going on in any rotational movement. And he's very quickly figuring out the one thing that that athlete in front of him should do to get better today. It's not 10 things, because if it's 10 things, then it's nothing, right? So he's giving them one thing they can do. And usually, especially for younger athletes, although I've seen this with major league pitchers recently too, usually he's able to give them something just in their setup position. Tweak something in their setup position, and 50 other things fall into place as a result. Isn't that amazing? It's just yeah. one small little thing impacts so many other things, whether it's life, it's business, it's anything. Um, like what's the real issue? And he's able to find that real issue, which then impacts almost everything else. So then I think the question is like, so he's done the simple part that's in his books, right? Like his books do make it pretty simple. And I think there's a lot of people on Instagram that do a great job making things simple and catchy. The question is, which one is for you, right? Like a lot of times Tom will, will close somebody's setup position or narrow their feet. All right, how can I tell really if that's the same tip for me or if I'm already doing it that way, right? And you can, maybe you can study enough and get there, but you might mess it up if you try to do it yourself. And especially with something more complicated than setup position, you know, do your shoulders start to open before foot strike? I wouldn't want kids trying to figure that out on video on their own, right? I think most of them are going to get it wrong. So that's where the apps come in for us. They take something simple that a coach has already created and then apply it to a player so that you're not guessing anymore as to which great coach tip, which simple trick you should be applying to yourself. The app will just tell you. Got it. Fantastic. So we're going to go around the horn here. Uh, I got a few questions for you, but first, if you're interested in learning more about what you guys are doing at Muster, where do you go to learn more? And then who's the customer? Who would be the right person to even click on the link and learn more about what you guys are doing? 
Thanks for asking that. Yeah, so it's really coaches, parents, and athletes, and, and we've got something to help each of those folks directly. So if you're a coach, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of work with high school teams, travel ball teams, even as young as little league teams, really becoming kind of their, their pitching coach in, in, in their pocket and, um, and offering a lot of additional support for that too. So if you're a coach looking for pitching coach um, assistance and some engaging technology you can use with your players, um, best thing to do is, is reach out to us over email or you can check out some packages on our website, teammstrd, so T-E-A-M-M-S-T-R-D.com and our contact info is on there. If you're a parent or a player and you want to use our technology, get a mechanical analysis, get personalized drills and exercises recommended from Tom House. Just download the app. It's free to try. Uh, so it's mustard pitching in the app store. And uh, yeah, check us out. And let us know what you think. It's simple. Awesome. All right, cool. So you got a few goat advisors and coaches on your staff. I just want to go around the horn real quick. I'm going to throw you a name. Why do you think they're great at what they've done on the field and off the field? So Love we're going to start. You've mentioned Drew Brees. I'm a Purdue Boilermaker. He's a Purdue Boilermaker. Drew Brees, why is he a GOAT? Drew's a, an amazing human. I guess if I, if I, if I was going to pick one word, I would say routine. Drew's routine just like, is so dialed in and so thoughtful, and he's – he sticks to it so well that I think it encapsulates all of his other amazing characteristics. I've, I've seen a few times where other famous athletes are sitting down with Drew and are picking his brain about his routine. Like his, his NFL routine was legendary to the point that I see other NFL quarterbacks with their notebook out asking Drew, what did he do every minute of the day? And they're writing it down and trying to, trying to learn. And it was, it was dialed in and, and just like a, such a thoughtful way that I think was very impressive. It, it encapsulated kind of making sure um, he was taking care of family first. He's, you know, I think family faith, very important to Drew. And so those, those elements are front and center. Um, but then taking care of all the physical things he needs to do, all of the mental things he needs to do, he was always very thoughtful about. But obviously there's a tremendous work ethic there that goes into sticking to a routine like that. That's, that's that dialed in that um, when you have a work ethic like that, you're going to get the most out of your potential, right? Um, it feels like everybody says routine. You know, I, uh, Miracle Morning, I just read that book, and it's how to start your day and the things you should do before everybody else gets out of bed kind of thing. But it's so hard to stick to a routine. What do you think it is about him that he was not only able to have a good routine but able to stick to it? And why is that so hard sometimes for people to know, hey, these are the things I should do, but it's hard to often do it consistently? That's a great question. I haven't really thought about that before, but I think off the top of my head, based on what you just said, my guess is that it's because Drew came up with his routine himself and he really believes in it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he, I don't think he was taken, you know, he took some tips from Tom and other great coaches, I'm sure. But in the end, this was his routine, you know, and he, he said, these are the things I know I need to do to be successful. I think it's probably harder if you're trying to take it from, you know, like I would never do Drew's routine. You know, I mean, it's just not, it's not, it's not the things that are my priorities. Um, uh, I mean, for example, he, he goes to bed really early. I, I'm an, I get a lot of production done at night, right? So it's just as one example. But I think if you construct a thing and you've tried it yourself and you know, hey, this makes me feel the best and this makes me perform at my best, then it can become a little bit more addictive rather than something you're forcing yourself to do. Got it. All right. I'm going to ask one more goat question. Yeah. Rocky Collis, what do you got? 
well, uh, obviously I'm not in the, anywhere near the category of these other other folks, but it's uh, not, I guess kind of you to ask about me. I think just try to learn from all these other folks, right, and try to take a little bit from each of them. Um, so you know, if we went down the list of names, I could I could probably tell you something I've I've learned from each of these folks. But I've, how how lucky am I to be around all these people and get to pick the brains of amazing coaches and athletes all the time? I guess I, you know, for me, I got into a place in life where I get to work on something I'm super passionate about. So I just don't feel like I'm working anymore. Um, yeah. I know people say that, but I, I guess I've felt that for the, for the first yeah. time in my life. Even when I play baseball, I, I, uh, I love playing, but, um, but I it wasn't always pure joy. And I think what I'm doing now is pure joy because I believe in the impact of it. So maybe if, if, if you're asking me to share one thing that I think is a, like a secret or like the, a, an unlock, is, I guess no, it's no secret, but it's finding a passion point. Um, then everything is joyful, right? You're going through hard times, you know, you're going through stressful times. We all have that. Um, but if it's in pursuit of something that you think is impactful, I don't know. I think that's the, that's the holy grail. So let's say it is, I don't know if it's 80-20, where 80% of people are searching for that thing that they are passionate about that they are joyful in if they're not already in that thing if they're still searching what advice would you give somebody that they're waking up and they're not fired up every day they haven't found yeah. that passion point they're not joyful they're looking for that next thing any advice you'd give somebody to say all right these are some things that you could do to find that thing one framework i heard from a really close mentor of mine um steve nelson he's a, 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 a the founder of carbon 3d largest 3d printing company right he's been a huge force for us at Mustard and just in my life generally. Here's this framework that he and, and some other elite investors use, which is what do you want the world to look like in 10 years? Okay, what's kind of missing in the world? What, do you, what would you change in the world? If you could change one thing in 10 years, what would it be? And then you work backwards from there. Okay, so if, if I was going to change that one thing 10 or even 20 years down the, down the road, where would I have to start today in order to make that change, right? Then usually we're talking about something in entrepreneurship some kind of company you would want to start or something like that. But I think that's a really helpful framework. And then you can see how it applied to mustard. Well, we would want kids not to be cut out of sports opportunities because of a lack of resources. We want everybody to be able to play and we want everybody to be able to grow. Okay. Then back it up step by step. What's the first step? So I would, I would encourage people um, to try that framework. And I think that's a, cause I, I think you hit on something. There's, there's the traditional question of like, how do I get happier with my job? How do I start a company? All this. And I think that's a difficult place to start. I think the better place to start is what's my passion. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you start with what do I want the world to look like, you might pretty quickly back into your passion. Cause I think you're right. A lot of people don't, I, for a while I didn't, I, you know, it takes you a while to figure out what, what, what impact you want to have. So that's number one. And then, and then number two on the more traditional question of like, how do you start something? How do you become an, entrepreneur I, I um I I look it's different for everybody it depends on the opportunity right I, I I think it depends on finances there's a lot of factors that go in there and it's tough to give blanket advice but I would say at some point you may get hit with an opportunity or an idea that you can't pass up like when mustard came along for me it wasn't really a decision right I was just doing it right away I didn't I barely talked to anybody about it. I didn't get anybody's advice I just was doing it uh, because I couldn't resist it. So that may happen. I think you you also, though, have to just be willing when you see the right thing to 
take some risk and realize you're going to have some sleepless nights, maybe a ton of, maybe sleepless nights forever. (laughs) But if it's something you're passionate about, then um, as long as you can feed your family and all that, then, then, you know, it's worth it. Rocky that, I mean, that last two minute piece, I need to marinate on that because that was awesome. Um, So I'm going to summarize this and get this out to our listeners, but this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for allowing us to kind of learn more about you and your company and what you're building. And thanks so much for what you're doing for, you know, the modern youth athlete. It's such a big impact. So thank you so much for being a guest on the dugout CEO. It was a treat to be here. So thanks for having me, Casey. I appreciate it. Dugout Nation, what a great show with Rocky. And here are three big takeaways that I got. That 10-year framework, what fires you up? What problem do you see in the world that you want to solve? What is a thing that you want to happen that hasn't happened? And what can you do to make those things happen? What do you want to work for? They saw what their problem was, and they figured out a way to solve that issue. What fires you up? What motivating you? What encourages you? What do you want to solve? What do you want to prevent from happening? What do you want to make happen in this world? Look 10 years down the road and figure out the legacy you want to live and the problem you want to solve. Number two, complexity made simple. It's what we all should be doing, taking complex things and making it simple. And that's what they did at Mustard. They figured out a way to take really confusing, complex things and make it simple. Simple scales, complex fails. Number three, the power of routine. Figure out what works for you. Just because it works for Tom Brady or Nolan Ryan or Dansby Swanson or Drew Brees doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Figure out the things that you need to do each day and then build a routine around those things each day. They're called habits. What are the habits you want to form? What are the things that you need to start doing that you're not? What are the things that you're currently doing that you need to knock off? What is that routine? What are those habits that you want to form? Figure out what mission it is and what vision is you're trying to attain and figure out the habits that you need to create to make that vision become a reality. Thank you for joining us once more for another episode of The Dugout CEO. We want to get you the tips you need to become an MVP of what you do. Sign up for our Friday Focus newsletter and you'll receive a valuable tip each Friday morning to help you build the business and life you want. You can sign up by going to CaseyCavell.com or click the link in the show notes. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get notification on our next episode. And one way you can help us book more great guests like this is to please leave us a rating and honest review in the Apple or Spotify podcasting app. 